I'm sure everyone remembers the good old-fashioned board game of Monopoly, where your objective is to buy and own several properties on the game board until you become a moneyed behemoth. And I know you may be thinking, well, what does Monopoly have to do with the professional world of golf? Well, I've been thinking about this, and I want you to, to envision this with me, okay? Envision that you've got a Monopoly game board that represents the professional golf arena. Which major golf tour out there do you think would own the majority of properties on that game board? I'll give you a hint. It starts with the letter P. What's going on, everybody? This is Jake with the Rough Golf Podcast, episode number 22. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to be talking about the PGA Tour, Monopoly Game Boards, Live Golf. It's all going to be fantastic. But before we get into that, I would like to ask you to please leave a rating or review for the podcast. It really helps out the pod, and I would greatly appreciate it. Now, until the introduction of the Live Golf Tour, I never really thought about how the PGA Tour had such a wide and large stake in the professional golf arena, but they really are the OG of the space, if you will. And, you know, they've earned it in many ways. They basically pioneered this version of professional golf and bringing it to the masses, and they've done it very, very well since their inception. And my problem is not with that, but I did have to stop and think and question, like, hey, wow, the PGA Tour has a lot of their fingers and a lot of pies. You know, they're running and or at least have some sort of stake in a lot of the golf tours globally. You know, it's not like they're just uh, based here in North America. They're they are they're they're global, man. They are all over the place. And if you think about all of the PGA tours feeder tours, you've got the Corn Ferry Tour, you've got PGA Tour Latin America, you've got PGA Tour Canada, PGA Tour Asian Tour. I mean, they're just, they're all over the place. And they do give opportunities for up-and-coming uh, professional golfers to, you know, work out the kinks on those feeder tours and get into the big show, the PGA Tour. PGA Tour North America would be, in my opinion, like the premier, you know, destination for all of your uh, entry level or up and coming professional golfers, you know that's that's what the dreams were made of when when we were all playing golf at least uh, at the high school level for me and, and some of my buddies. But prior to the Live Golf Tour, uh, which debuted in 2022, there was no other major tour to go to. I mean, you had PGA Tour, that was it. So you wanted to get into the feeder tours and you wanted to make it all the way up to the big time. Which, when you really think about it, what does that say about this, the state of professional golf? You know, why aren't there other tours in this arena? Why don't we have different styles of play in golf uh, instead of just this one version of professional golf that we get from the PGA Tour? Which everybody loves. I still love to watch the PGA Tour and some of their matches. I enjoy it. I mean, I grew up with it, and I think many of you out there did as well. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, where is the diversity? You know, it's like you're going into an ice cream shop, and the only flavor that they have is vanilla, or maybe vanilla with sprinkles. You know what I mean? Like, that's the the, the version of golf that we are getting from the PGA Tour. It's one style of golf, yeah, they'll throw some match play in there, 
they'll throw a few unique events every now and then to spice things up, but it's still the same old, same old that we've had for decades. So I think Live Golf coming in is great because it's mixing up the golf world and they are, you know, trying to purchase their own real estate on that uh, imaginary monopoly board of the professional golf uh, globally, which I think is a good thing. And I hope that more tours are created and come out and are able to do this as well. So, you know, mixing things up can be a good thing. Change can be a good thing if you learn to accept it. Perfect example of that is that most people no longer have flip phones. Okay, we're rocking the smartphones. So, change is going to come, and that is a good thing for golf. Now, getting back to that Monopoly board and those properties, I know some of you out there are thinking, well, wait a minute. Jake, what about the DP World Tour? Okay, nice that you mentioned that because um, before June of last year, the PGA owned a 15% stake in the DP World Tour. And after the introduction of Live, they announced that they were going to increase their stake in this European tour known as the DP World Tour up to 40%. So that, you know, the pie is there. PGA has got their finger in it, or if you want to call it scales, they've got the finger on the scale, whatever. They are involved with the DP World Tour along with all of these other tours. So they've got a huge, huge market share. They are the market share of professional golf right now. So I don't understand their overreaction to the creation of Live Golf. Okay, You guys at the PGA Tour have provided many golfers and many spectators with an excellent product for decades. Your product is still excellent, okay? You, you, you're pumping out good stuff. But why are you so concerned about the creation of the Live Golf Tour? They are, are aimed at, uh, yes, they're aimed at the golfing audience, but their, their material, their production is aimed more at a younger audience. They want to involve uh, a different style of play with the 54 holes and the uh, team concepts. Why does that threaten your dominance as the premier professional uh, golf um, producer? I mean, you guys have such a large presence in professional golf at, at every single level. You're at the very bottom, the minor leagues, working your way all the way up to the, the big show for the pros. So I just don't understand this overreaction. I don't understand all these players. You know, Rory McIlroy, great player. Tiger Woods, arguably the greatest player of all time. In my opinion, I think Jack Nicholas is the greatest player of all time. But, but Tiger is a close second. Uh, they have come out and said, both Rory and Tiger, you know, Greg Norman needs to step down, which is kind of a huge change from what the original calls were, which were for the total uh, ending of Live Golf before it even got started. You know, they, they, they wanted nothing to do with it. Now they're just saying, well, maybe we can switch up the management. What does that say? You know, I mean, there's not been anything official released, but I think that with the success of Live Golf, over this past year, the new announcement that they are going to be joining the CW network, which adds legitimacy, as I mentioned in my previous podcast, this is starting to sink in to those PGA Tour diehards that, hey, maybe Live Golf is going to be here to stay. You know, maybe we need to learn to compromise or work within this global professional golf community and make it best for everyone, you know. 
Maybe, like I've mentioned before, if they reach across the divide and extend a handshake, there could be a PGA versus Live Golf Tour, like Golf Super Bowl. How cool would that be? I don't even know what we would call it. Maybe the... I don't even know. Guys, if you can come up with a great Golf Super Bowl name, leave a comment down below. I would really appreciate that. I want to know what uh, what you would name the Golf Super Bowl between PGA Tour and Live Golf. I think that would be so cool, and I think it would do huge numbers. I think there would be so many people interested in that that it may even, okay, it may even outdo the four majors in the season. Wouldn't that be something else? Would that not be just the craziest thing? Like, I'm going to the Golf Super Bowl, baby. It's PGA versus Live, and it's going to be gnarly. So I just don't understand, you know, why the PGA Tour is overreacting this much. I would completely get it if they were a, a little bit, you know, let's just say, let's do a hypothetical here. Let's just say, you know, there are five major golf tours right now, okay? Each golf tour has an even share of 20% of the market, all right? Now, Live Golf comes on the scene wanting to get some of that action, all right? So that means you now have six major golf tours, and they're all having to split up the market share, okay? So every one of those other five major golf tours are going to be losing money some way, somehow, because Live Golf is now pulling some of their audience onto uh, their platform. If that were the case, I could totally understand the overreaction by the PGA Tour or any other one of those fictional tours that uh, were, you know, existing within those five major tours, mad about Live Golf coming on to the scene. But as it stands right now, the PGA Tour has the major market share. So is Live Golf even going to make that much of a dent in their earnings? I mean, is it really? That just doesn't sit well with me. I don't believe that the PGA Tour is going to be that impacted by Live Golf. I mean, just look at this past season. Perfect example, okay? Live Golf comes on the scene. PGA Tour's freaking out. They want to they want to end it. They don't want it to let it go forward. You know, no major uh, or no official world golf ranking points for the players. There's going to be lawsuits. You're going to be kicked out of the PGA Tour. You're breaking contract. All of this huge just fireball of of anger and 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 madness at uh, the creation of the Live Tour and what it means for the PGA Tour. But you guys already have such a huge market share. It's not going to impact you that much, and this last year has proved that. Yes, people watched the Live Golf Tour. I guarantee you golfers who are interested in the PGA Tour also went over and checked out Live Golf Tour. They made an opinion about it. Some of them liked it. Some of them didn't like it. There was a comment on my YouTube channel where a guy said, Live is dead. Obviously, he's not a fan of Live Golf. Okay, that's cool. PGA Tour still still doing tournaments, still broadcasting uh, professional golf, so it's still there. You know what I mean? So I think that the overreaction is just that. It's just it's too much. You know, PGA, you still got a big share. Live Golf is going to take uh, years to even make a dent in your market share. Okay, they're just now after a full season after huge investment by their backers, getting some traction with the CW. And I guarantee you that broadcasting deal, it's good for live, but it's not going to be a cash cow, okay? It's not going to be something that earns them and pays them back for all of their investment that they put in to this tour over the past year. 
It just won't. Not not now, at least. Maybe maybe in a little while it will, but not right now. I mean, prior to this, this deal on the CW, Liv was broadcasting for free on YouTube. They were giving away free tickets to most of their events or severely discounted tickets to their events. They were paying uh, players to come from the PGA Tour tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, to get them on their tour. So they've expended this huge amount of capital to just get this thing up and running and get it moving. So they've got a lot, they've got a long way to go to recoup all of that. And it's not going to happen overnight. Okay. Most businesses take about three to five years to get, to actually get up on their feet and start earning a profit. So Live Golf is in it for the long haul. If they didn't, they didn't do the, the studies, the simulations, and have people from, you know, leaders of the industry of professional golf look at their platform, look at their offering and say, could this generate some money? Could this work? Could this change professional golf for the better? Could this bring in new people to the sport who had previously thought that the PGA Tours offering was not for them? I mean, they did this. They they had to have had professionals in the industry uh, spitball this to make sure that uh, it would be, you know, even worth starting. So these guys did their due diligence. They did their research to make sure it was even worth it before they just threw a bunch of money at it. So they're in it for the long haul. Now, as I mentioned just a second ago about uh, Live Golf getting that deal with the CW, there's been some some speculation that's come out, okay, about this this new deal. A lot of people are speculating, myself included, since Live Golf has got this deal with the CW. And they're moving one step closer towards, you know, a legitimate traditional broadcasting uh, platform. Will that mean that they don't have to pay as much to attract new players? Will it mean that the money that they've expended to pull in these big star names, will that dry up? I mean, if you think about it, they pulled in a lot of big names. You know, if you're looking at the PGA Tour, you've got Rory, you've got Tiger, uh, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Um, and there's a couple others on there that are kind of like, they're, they're in that realm of, okay, these are top golfers, you know, obviously John Rahm, but they've already stood up, spoken out and said they have zero interest in live. So why would live even try at this point for those golfers? I mean, they've already built a pretty stellar team of amazing top ranking, uh, you know, world professional golfers, uh, for their venue. So I think you're going to see that in this next season of Lib. 2023, that there will be fewer sign-on bonuses for those major players if they want to leave the PGA Tour to come to Live Golf, and it actually puts Live Golf in uh, a position of strength, because if this partnership with the CW goes well, and they actually start to take hold and develop, uh, you know, an audience, a strong audience, and, you know, start to gain some of that market share, then you're going to have players wanting to play for Live Golf without the added benefit of that sign-on bonus. So you're going to see different deals. You're going to see, uh, you know, players from the PGA Tour or just players that are professional and maybe haven't joined a tour yet wanting to get on to Live Golf because the purses are better. The money's better, you know. No major athlete out there plays a, a sport for their health. Nobody's playing a sport just because of trophies. If that were the case, then... Every major athlete out there would be turning away endorsement deals, would be turning away. They wouldn't need a contract. Why would they play for anything other than room and board and just the joy of being out there in the sport? No, 
they're making millions of dollars because they have a craft, they have a skill, and they earn that money in their mind. So I just don't buy it when somebody says, oh, I just play for trophies, or I just play for the prestige, or the traditions of the sport. If that's the case, then why are you accepting a purse? Why are you holding up that big million dollar check at the end of the major golf tournaments? It's because you play them for money. We get it. It's okay. It's nothing to be ashamed about. You worked hard to develop this skill. You earned that money over your time playing on the tournament, and you should be rewarded for your efforts. And that's what the purse is about. But Live Golf right now offering much bigger purses, and it's just more attractive to you know the best ball strikers out there. There are going to be some that you know these diehards that are on the PGA Tour: Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods. The PGA is paying them even more money. You've got the PIP fund. These high-level players are getting more money um, for their involvement, their mention of the PGA Tour, you know, showing what it's like to be a PGA Tour golfer. I, I see stuff on YouTube all the time now uh, showing, like, uh, Justin Thomas's workouts and things like that. And it's cool. It's kind of cool to know what goes on behind the scenes of these professional golfers' lives. So I think they got a good thing going there. But, you know, the guys that stayed behind for PGA Tour, they're making even more money now because there's, there's less competition. It's moved over to Live Golf Tour. And their names have now been elevated on the PGA Tour because they're getting more exposure. You know, they, because there's less competition, um, they've got, there's more room at the top for them to shine. You know, not saying that any one of them that have stayed on the PGA Tour isn't an outright great golfer. They all have proved that 100%, and I would not say anything different. I'm just saying if you've got 10 great golfers that are battling each other versus 30 great golfers that are battling each other, the odds are those 10 great golfers, you're going to know a lot more of them than you will of the 30. Just saying. You're going to have more opportunity to see how those 10 play over tournaments versus the 30. And the, the field is smaller. So those 10, you know, out of those 10, some players really start to shine. And you're like, okay, they're a household name now. We got it. We're good. With all this being said, you know, this major market share by the PGA Tour, all right, Live Golf coming in. All right, and Live Golf, if you think about it, this is like an itty little itty 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 bitty business trying to trying to go up against the likes of, you know, Apple or Microsoft. I mean, this this is this is a small business right now, even though it doesn't seem like that because there's been so much money pumped into it, really trying to grow in a market that's already been, you know, saturated with PGA Tour production. They they are just the behemoth in the space. It's not really a fair fight right now, and I know that Live Golf understands that. Um, that's why I just don't understand PGA Tour's overreaction. I think that instead of an overreaction, there should have been some sort of agreement between PGA Tour and Live Golf to say, okay, welcome to the space. Let's see how this can benefit the both of us. You know, Let's see what we can do. Let's talk about that uh, golf Super Bowl, PGA Tour versus Live Golf. You know, and let's both profit from it. Let's both grow the sport. Okay, let's both get exposure. That would be, that scenario makes more sense to me. One other thought that I have is, can Liv sustain this? Can they sustain their, their introduction into the professional golf arena long enough to, you know, take hold, to get some of the property on the Monopoly board and really become a, a player in the industry. I'm going to say that is to be determined.
Guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave a rating or review. It really helps out the pod, and I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, keep on swinging.